you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Hey guys, it's Roger back at you from Restaurant Rockstars. You know, technology keeps moving forward and there's absolutely no limit to the automation potential of your operation. From the front to the back of the house, well-run restaurants are data-driven. But it's what you do with the data that makes all the difference to your bottom line. The fact is, many operators are not using this data to their best advantage, and potential profits and efficiencies are being lost every day. So in today's episode, I'm talking with Mr. Chris Rumpf, and he's the president of Flight. Flight is not just any POS system provider, but as you'll see, a one-stop system solution for all a restaurant's technology needs. You'll hear all about this later in the episode, but importantly, Chris takes off his president hat and gives his best advice to new operators trying to make sense of all the systems out there and restaurants looking to upgrade from an older system to take things to a whole new level. We talk about what features are really important and all the pitfalls to look out for. Maintenance fees, inconsistent support, the mysteries of payment processing, and what all this is really costing your restaurant. Are you using your system to its full potential? Well, give a listen and find out. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. I'm really psyched today because technology is constantly moving forward and it never stops, and technology drives your business, so I'm really excited to introduce Mr. Chris Rumpf, and he is the president of a company called Flight, and Flight is a one-stop system solution provider for all your technology needs. Welcome to the show, Chris. How are you? Thanks for having me. Absolutely excited that you're here. So, Chris, this is a typical question that I usually ask my guests, but how did you get into the hospitality space? Did you work in restaurants prior? Not really. I had a, uh, a pretty nice stint in college as a Pizza Hut delivery driver, but uh, did not do a whole lot within the restaurant industry before I jumped into this. I've been in technology pretty much my whole life, um, so I'm, I'm one of those millennial people that started doing nerdy things when they were a kid, Yeah. and so I started programming when I was 11 or 12, and uh, I was actually in the music industry prior to this business. So let me ask you, this is a great technology background. You obviously like to work on things and fix what's broken and figure out solutions to problems. Why hospitality in terms of any other industry out there? Um, so we're a 15-year-old company, and when we started out, we were more of a break-fix technology services company. So we were doing professional services for traditional um, organizations, accountants, lawyers, stuff, you know, doctor's office, things like that. And about 10 years ago, we started transitioning into more of a reoccurring model. And so um, we realized very quickly that restaurant and retail and hotels were, were three industry subsets where they were very underserved at the time, and, and I think that they still are. And so that's kind of uh, how the business transitioned into that role. From a personal standpoint, um, you know, when, when I was 24, um, I was hanging out with some friends at a restaurant downtown, and uh, their point of sale system crashed. And uh, I walked behind the, uh, the bar and fixed it and then went downstairs and fixed their server and 
10, 15 minutes later, we had a free meal and a couple of free drinks, and life was pretty good. That's a great story. Okay, now I see it. So, all right, so how did you come to understand what the true needs of a restaurant or hospitality operator are? Besides that, fixing that one situation, I mean, it's light years from that one, you know, experience to solving the world's problems when it comes to running restaurants. You know, restaurants are one of the most dynamic businesses out there, one of the most challenging for sure. We have constant balls in the air and constant fires to put out, and you're at the center and the heart of all of that. So how did you come to engineer the system called flight? Well, I've always been a workflow kind of person, and so I'm always trying to figure out how to do things more efficiently, how to make things easier. And uh, in a very past life, I was uh, in technology at a high school, and so I was managing about 1,200 machines and writing software to automate the internal flow of the school. And so I was teaching, uh, you know, at the time I was teaching like 70-year-old nuns how to, how to handle technology and stuff. And so I've always had a gift of understanding what the end user is looking for and what their problems are. And so I think a lot of uh, the vision of flight and where we're at right now is coming from that experience and that ability to, to look at someone, see what their pain points are from their point of view, and then try to put something into place that not only makes their life better, but makes the life around, you know, with the people that are around them better. Awesome. So before we get into flight and all the bells and whistles and the ins and outs, I want you to sort of put your customer or your client hat on. Or why don't you imagine that you're starting a restaurant for the very first time or you've been in the business a while and you're looking to upgrade a system. What do you think your best advice would be based on all the different technology out there, all the different systems? I mean, what should someone really be looking for? They should be looking for a partner. You know, I, I've said for a long time, whether you're sourcing a point of sale system, uh, card processing, the marketing aspect of your business, the infrastructure aspect of your business, whatever that is, you could buy the most amazing solution from the worst person and you would hate it. You could also buy one of the worst solutions from someone that you love and someone that was dedicated to taking care of you. And that solution would be something that you would go to the ends of the earth to keep and maintain because you had someone who was a partner to make that work for you and set it up for the way that you needed it to be set up. Okay. Excellent. Excellent advice. What features would you say are the most important in any system? I think it depends on, on the business type that you're in. You know, I would definitely take a look at what is important to you and look at what you need from a reporting aspect, what you need from a mobility aspect, and, and what you're looking for from a, kind of a return on investment piece, if that makes sense. Yes. So, you know, I, I never really have a good answer to that question just because we always take a look at the individual restaurant and then try to make some recommendations there. Mm -hmm. I can say that, you know, in uh, a quick service environment, uh, certainly you want to look at something that's affording you speed and making things simple for your customer. You know, in a table service environment, you have a little bit longer to interact with your guests. In a, in a quick service environment, you don't necessarily have that much time, and so you need to build trust and rapport in a much shorter time frame than you would in another environment. Okay. Now, what? let's dive into flight. What sets flight apart from, I mentioned there's so much technology out there. I mean, the number of POS systems available on the market today for all price points and all different types of technology is, is staggering, mm -hmm. really. But again, I don't want to 
call you a POS company because flight is so much more than that. So what really sets flight apart? You know, first of all, I, I think it's our, our partnering role with our customers and the way that we interact with people. So, you know, we're not necessarily just a vendor. We're not someone that's going to come in and just install a point of sale system. In fact, uh, a lot of our customers, uh, that's not even a product that we sell to them. And so for us, our core competency is being a true technology provider to a restaurant or a retail environment. And so we're able to come in and help with infrastructure and design. And if they're interested in a point of sale or card acceptance and payment acceptance, you know, we can help with those types of things. And so, you know, where a lot of our competitors in the restaurant space are only doing uh, the point of sale piece and maybe outsourcing one small portion of a firewall or security apparatus, we're coming in as a technology partner and looking at how does your infrastructure from the internet look, you know, where are your phones at, what are your televisions doing, and how do all, how do all of those things interface with what you do in your business. Okay. You mentioned payment processing. I think that is such a big sort of differentiator because you know, that was a big challenge for me with, with operators, you know, operations. I had four different high volume restaurants back in the day and I was constantly, you know, evaluating different payment processing options, you know, for the best one and for the best price and, and all that mm -hmm. sort of thing. And that was a huge challenge, but you're doing all of that and that's integrated with your system. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, most of uh, the point of sale systems that are available today are, uh, are, are doing both, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the systems that are out there um, that are subsidizing hardware and so software costs, they are making up that money off of the payment processing revenue. Yes. And so there's certainly a conversation there around um, being vigilant and being very careful about the contracts that you're entering into as a restaurant owner or a restaurant operator to make sure that on the back side, you're not giving up more money than what you would be giving up on the front side of a standard contract. Um, but from a payment processing aspect, it, it's a commodity, right? You know, there's, uh, there's not a whole lot of value add that comes in from a payment processor. And so what I would, uh, you know, what I would advocate for anybody that's, that's going out and looking at those agreements is, um, find the path of least resistance and find out what's simplest for you. A lot of times the point of sale vendor has uh, a program and if it's vetted well, there may be some benefits by only having to go to one person or one solution uh, when you have problems. You know, we have uh, some customers that process with us, we have customers that don't. And I can tell you that because we handle our processing relationships well, the customers that don't process with us tend to have a more difficult time when there are problems in that avenue versus the customers that, that do process with us. There's all sorts of, well, call them pitfalls, call them challenges, call them transparency issues. Like I've dealt with so many different processors and they all sort of show you the data in a different way. The interchange fees, you know, the additional charges if the cards, you know, the mag stripe has been compromised and now you have to, you know, punch in the number. I mean, yeah. Is that still sort of going on right now? And, and, you know, would you say that the processing company that you're working with right now is pretty transparent? It's really easy to understand the statements and you can easily compare, you know, what some of the other uh, options would be? There's a, there's a lot of answers to that question. Um, okay. Take it one step know, at a time. I don't mean to overwhelm with the question. First of all, if uh, a merchant has an agreement with a processor, 
and the agreement is not for what's called interchange plus pricing, yes, um, I would be very suspect. And any other pricing scheme but interchange has a great ability to be skewed. And so the, the way that interchange pricing works is if you can think about how many card types there are and how many you know how many uh, how many possible matrices there are to, to make this stuff work. You know there are many thousands, and so interchange pricing is ugly on a statement because every card brand, every card type, the way that it's accepted, those are all going to show up as a single line item on your statement. But you're going to see the true wholesale cost, okay. and you're going to see the actual real markup that a processor is charging. The processor does some important things in terms of, you know, talking to multiple people that are in that ecosystem and making things work. They take care of funding your bank, making sure that you know chargebacks are handled. They uh, bear the majority of the risk in that relationship. So the processor is an important piece to this. But if you're on a tiered system, or if somebody says. You know, hey, we're, this is my rate. It's a fixed rate. Or if someone is quoting you anything less than two percent, um, that means that you're on a tiered rate, and they're basically sharing you what's called a qualified rate, but not sharing a mid or a, a non-qualified rate. And as you spoke before, you know, if you have to hand enter a key, enter a card number, right. you know, that's a that's a different rate. And so things can get very convoluted very quickly if you're not on an interchange pricing plan. And so that would be my biggest advocate, you know, uh, the biggest thing that I would tell people is to make sure that they're on an interchange plan, that they can clearly see what their numbers are from a wholesale perspective, see what the numbers are from the processor perspective and what that company is taking, and then, uh, you know, base their effective rate on that. And the effective rate is very simple. You take the total amount of fees that you paid divided by the total sales that you had, and that's your effective rate. And I would argue that, you know, if you're not as a restaurant that's on premise, not doing a whole bunch of phone orders and stuff, you know, if you're not less than than two point six percent as an effective rate, um, that you should look at at somebody else. If you're if you're closer to, you know, two point two or or around there, that would be a very high volume place, uh, and that's a great rate. That was my next question, but you sort of answered it. I mean, I recall we were paying around 2% years ago when I still owned my businesses, but we were really high volume. We took a high percentage of credit cards, you know, sales versus mm-hmm. cash, and the volume really determined that rate, you know, whenever I would shop that around. So I think that's excellent advice. You know, I'm hoping the audience really paid specific attention to that last explanation because this is really critical stuff where you can, you know, save yourself some money and eliminate a lot of hassles by, you know, by dealing with this sort of this sort of thing. Let's talk about the online dashboards and what you can see from just about anywhere. I like that feature a lot. Yeah, so, you know, depending on what point of sale you're using and how deeply things are interfaced uh, you might have a mobile application or a web-facing app that's able to give you some data in real time. There are also a number of third-party companies that are kind of showing their sea legs now after a few years that are using artificial intelligence and some machine learning tools to be able to make inferences for a business in real time based on a large set of data behind the scenes. And so um, you'll find, in, I think, in the next few years, that will become far more ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now you're being presented with some data that's fairly latent and isn't very dynamic. And, and what I mean by that is, 
you're going to log in, you're going to pull your dashboard report, you might see what your sales are, amount of voids or anything like that. Just, you know, very basic, specific data sets that you then have to dive in and make your own conclusion about, right? Mm -hmm. And what you're finding now and, and what will become more ubiquitous in the years to come is that that data will exist, but the systems will also tell you what conclusion to make with that data. And, you know, for instance, uh, there's software out there that will use all of these tools to be able to say, hey, based on all of these factors, the, the weather, your sales, events that are going on around you, and hundreds of other data points, and I mean it's like hundreds of other data points, uh, we'll be able to come back to you and say, we believe that if you schedule one extra person for this three-hour shift, that you'll make an extra hundred bucks tonight in profit. And you'll get pretty close to that actual number, which is pretty crazy. That is, that's amazing. So you've got a mobile feature as well, and you can make changes on the fly pretty much from anywhere? Yeah, we, we do have the ability for you to log in online and log in on a mobile device and, and see, your, see your information, make changes on the fly. You know, of course, in this day and age, you don't have to reboot a point of sale system or anything like that. And we're working hard in the back end now to, to unify that entire ecosystem so that there's a single dashboard that you go to uh, and you'll be able to see everything from you know, your internet status and how many times you failed over to 4G this month and how many how many dollars that saved you to updating your menu and making changes there or, you know, changing the scheduling that you want to do in your business. So there's a lot of things that, uh, that we're trying to do in the back end to make things uh, simpler and, and easier for everybody. All right. How about customer engagement and loyalty? I mean, that's super important for so many operators out there. It helps drive sales. It gives you intelligence on your business all that sort of things, the reports, you know, what can we really dig deep into there that'll, you know, help the, you know, the operator run a more efficient place and increase sales? Absolutely. So we're, we're bringing our flight engage product uh, out of beta right now and, uh, and bringing that to market. Um, what I think is important in, in any loyalty application is using the data. And so where I've seen a lot of loyalty programs fall short is, you know, you, uh, you have it integrated into the point of sale system. You have a few hundred people or a few thousand people even using the loyalty program, but they're just coming in, getting points. They're getting very generic rewards. You're not being able to use the data that you have about this customer to specifically target them mm -hmm. or use the data that you have around a subset of customers to try to identify and acquire additional customers that look like them, so to speak. And so what we're really trying hard to do right now is, is allow people to go deeper and make inferences automatically about the people that are coming into their business. And so where I think, again, things will be going in the next couple of years is uh, you'll have a lot of systems that are out there that are capable of doing this in real time and doing it in an automated fashion. And so, um, you know, right now it's fairly difficult to go in and identify what a customer's uh, favorite type of food is or the, the, the things on your menu that are, that are well for these people. You can see which are things that they're buying uh, frequently, but you can't necessarily make inferences about other things that they would enjoy that they haven't tried. And so uh, we're working hard in the back end to be able to help identify those things automatically and then create a system where you're able to send out those rewards, create some, create some, uh, some outfront help there, I suppose, mm -hmm. uh, for these people to kind of broaden their scope and have a better relationship with your business. 
but there's reporting on how often or you know a frequency of a visit the spend you can track that sort of thing oh yeah absolutely yeah, and you'll be able to put those customers in, into automated buckets there to be able to see who your best spenders are, who your top customers are, and then you even have a, you know separate levels for people, mm-hmm. whether they see that on the front side or not, you know, depending on what those folks are, are receiving from you or, or what you're offering them. So you can take your best customers and offer them something different than what you know, your, your mid-tier customers are doing. And what ways can we communicate with those best customers, offering them special promotions or deals or, you know, come on in because this is something special that's happening. Maybe it's a wine dinner or whatever it is. Is it text, um, SMS? Is it email? Is it uh, some other form of communication or all of those? So we, we offer three forms of communication. Uh, one is SMS, uh, two is email, and then we can actually offer push notifications and so with our engagement app, uh, we actually throw an application in the iOS and the Android stores um, for the actual business. And so they have their own app that we manage, uh, and we take care of all of that stuff. And so the app exists, interfaces with everything that we do on our side, and that way we can actually push out notifications to the mobile device rather than just sending a text message. That's so cool. Awesome. Okay, so you also handle scheduling and payroll as well. Yep, we do. Uh, we outsource the payroll, of course, uh, but that flows through the scheduling tool that we have and makes things very seamless and simple. Um, the pricing that we have is pretty much across the board what it would be if you went to another provider. But again, there's some additional value with having a single resource to, to take care of those things. Okay. And gift cards, stored value, all that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a beating a dying horse at this point, but you know, the, the fact is that about one quarter of every gift card sold is never redeemed. And so the more you can sell them, the more, the more money's going into the pocket. Sure. Breakage, of course, but yep. that's all technology that's just easily integrated. Okay. Yep. Online ordering is a huge thing right now. I mean, there's so many different independent platforms that'll allow restaurants to take online orders, but this is all integrated as well. How does that work? So there's a number of ways that you can you can do the online ordering stuff. Um, you know, the, the traditional one is a web app that would be considered responsive, and so that way it shows up well on a mobile device. You have a lot of these third parties. Uh, you have the caviar stuff uh, from, I think, Square, and, uh, you know, the, the folks over at Heartland just bought a company that is interfacing multiple online ordering pieces to multiple point-of-sale uh, systems. And so I think you're going to find over the next couple of years that that answer becomes a lot simpler. Right now, it's it's a difficult choice. We actually um, interface out to a third party for our online ordering, and it's, an on, uh, it's a responsive site. So uh, whether it's on a desktop, on a mobile device, it's easy to see, and then the, the payment processing is fully unified with the point-of-sale ecosystem that exists right. um, to make that simple. But, um, you know, I'll be honest with you, we're, we're still trying to answer the question of, you know, how do we make it s- simple? How do we make it as simple as what, like, an Uber Eats would be, right? Um, right, right? But you see, you know, I, I go into restaurants now, and there's, like, seven tablets at the hostess station because they have four different online ordering tools that they offer, three delivery things, and, you know, 72 other companies that they're interfacing with, and nothing is talking to each other. Yeah, it's honest. So, there, there are companies that are trying to solve that problem, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit that we're not one of them. We're going to find one, and we're going to partner with them uh, to make things easier because we, we have enough on our plate right now. Sure. Um, 
but I'm very excited over the next, you know, maybe two years of time. Um, as you know, the restaurant industry technology wise was pretty antiquated for a long time. And, uh, I think now is kind of that time of Renaissance. And so, you know, over the next couple of years, I think you're going to see companies like us continue to improve our unification structure and make things much simpler and also widen the breadth of scope that exists. Let's talk about, well, this is this sort of knocked my socks off when I heard that you also handle Wi-Fi, TV, telephone, security cameras, like all that kind of stuff. That really, truly makes it a one-stop shop because in my operation, I had all of that stuff. But again, it was multiple providers. And now I can get it yeah. all from flight. Yeah, I mean, that's our biggest core competency. You know, our our world, most of it anyway, lives above the point of sale. And so, you know, when we look at the restaurant industry and and see, as, as you spoke, there's thousands of different point of sale systems that you can choose from. Uh, there's no one that's doing the technology in the business well and is doing all of it. And so, um, you know, we have products that are that are capable of securing your environment, being PCI compliant. We're able to manage that environment and manage the devices that are on that environment remotely from the cloud. Mm -hmm. We have the ability to make sure that your, your internet is always on and always connected. So in the event that you have an internet outage, we can flip that over to 4G in real time and, and just go. And so we've, we've done some research and determined that an internet outage in a restaurant the average cost is over $300 per minute. Yes, and I can see why that would be true. Yeah, right, exactly. Yikes. And so, um, you know, we have the ability to mitigate that risk and make sure that your phones, your, your internet, your credit cards, the, the music that you have going on in your business, the digital signage that you have, your guest Wi-Fi and all of those things, they just work. And, uh, you know, not to like plug a product, but we have this flight protect product um, and the, the 4G data is included in the price. And so, um, you know, we have basically the, the biggest family plan on earth, so to speak. And uh, so you're just paying a fixed rate. It doesn't matter if you use 100 gigs this month because your internet's down for three days. Like, it's, it's all good. We're, it's a fixed rate. Everybody's happy and it works. And the device is updated in real time every day. There's threat protection that happens in real time. And if uh, human intervention is required, it automatically alerts our tech stack and they can jump on it and, and fix something. So in a lot of cases, if there are problems, we're actually calling to tell you about it rather than you calling to tell us. And so, you know, if you look at uh, someone that would be using our full stack uh, from an outside infrastructure perspective, Let's say that you have Spectrum for your internet and uh, you're purchasing that through flight mm -hmm. um, and the internet goes down. We have a direct conversation with Spectrum and with the carriers that we work with across the country. And so we're actually able to call them on the back end. You're not calling a large conglomerate waiting on hold. You're calling us. You're getting somebody right away. We're taking care of our back channels to get things fixed up for you. But meanwhile, that's happening. You know, you're already flipped over onto 4G. Everything is working there. And in many cases, you won't even know that your Internet is out. So we'll actually create a ticket automatically on our side. You'll get an alert that says, hey, your Internet's down, but you're on failover. So it's, it's all right. You're fine. And, uh, and then you'll get another ticket closure to say, hey, we worked with you know, Spectrum and your Internet's back online. And the failover is flipped back to the primary ISP now. That's fantastic, Chris. I'm really glad you pointed that out. I mean, you're bringing back memories of years ago when I had a complete 
system meltdown based on a, a yeah. situation that you're describing now. And of course, it was on a Saturday night, and of course, it was 7 o'clock p.m., and it just threw the whole place into chaos, and now that is so avoidable. And yep. yeah, you, yeah, if you're an operator or general manager, you don't want to be in that position. Let's talk about system support, what's included, how it all works. It's 24-7, 365, but what, is, what does flight system support include? So we like to say that it's everything and, and leave it very easy with that. So every, uh, every product that we sell includes support. And so you're never going to get nickel and dime with us. And, and certainly I would advocate that if you're looking at a provider and it's not us, uh, that you ask those questions. Um, you know, as you know, uh, that wasn't always the case. And, uh, you know, I've, I have friends that are, that are still restaurateurs and, and doing their thing. And, um, I, I remember this one story about maybe five years ago. I had a friend that was, that wasn't using us at the time. He paid a thousand dollars to have somebody come out on a Saturday to replace a printer. And, uh, mm -hmm. that's just not like, I, I don't know. Mind boggles me here. So, you know, to have a company that is capable of supporting you and not nickel and diming you is, I think, what's most important. And, and again, I think that goes back to answering the, the initial most important question, which is find the right partner. You know, most point-of-sale systems can do three things. They can send orders to the kitchen, they can accept credit cards, and they can give you a report that tells you what you sold that day and what your sales taxes are. At the end of the day, those three things are the most important things that a point-of-sale system is going to do. They all have bells and whistles. Some might be sexier than others. Some might make your life a little bit easier than the, than the one next door. But the fact is that if you have the right partner and the partner is supporting you well and knows the point-of-sale system and is capable of taking care of the stuff that is outside the point-of-sale system, uh, you're going to be in good hands whether you're with, with us at flight or with somebody else anywhere in the world. All right, let's talk about the setup process and what's involved. I remember if I go back two decades ago, you know, the representative came in, took my menu, programmed everything, entered all the data into the system, and then taught us how to make changes on the fly so that if we added a new menu item or modifiers and all that kind of stuff, it was fairly complicated back in the day. I'm sure things have moved forward and made it much simpler now. But what I'm talking about is still a core competency of any system. It's it's necessary. Yep. So let's talk about, you know, I'm a new client. I'm starting to work with flight, and my restaurant's going to be up and running. It's like, how long will this setup take, and what's involved? So we always tell people that it's a 21-day process. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that said, the fastest we've ever turned one around was 11 hours. So it can be done. Okay. Uh, you will pay for it, I yeah. assure you. Sure. <laughs> Um, but three weeks is generally a good time frame. It allows the, the customer of ours to not have to rush um, and gives us enough time to vet everything, test everything, make sure that the hardware is ready to go, get everything out the door, and then get the install done um, without having to, to really compress the schedule, so to speak. Um, in terms of what that process looks like in the backside, you know, exactly what you explained, you know, we're, we're still going to do that for you. And I would hope that any provider would do those things and make sure that the menu is being built well and all of that stuff there. There are a number of providers uh, that are out there that will build a very basic menu or force you to build that menu. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you, major credit card companies that are offering things for free. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with those systems. I mean, 
you know, to, to, to name call some people, you know, it first added with the Clover system and that system has allowed people that could have never afford a point of sale system to have one. And I think that's fantastic. Um, you know, we have a couple of small merchants that um, have kind of grown into uh, the flight system. And uh, we got a call this week uh, from a customer that's been with us a couple of years and just said that, you know, they've, they've been in business for 30 years and coming on board with us has been the single most beneficial thing that they've ever done in their business. And uh, so that was amazing and, and made us feel really good. And, um, you know, when you think about what technology can do for your business, it's just an incredible feat. All right. So that sounds absolutely simple if I'm a new operator and I'm opening my doors, say, in the next month or so. Okay. There's no yeah. transition from an existing system. What about a company that decides, you know what, this is the way I want to go. I want to change everything and throw out the old and start with the new. What's the transition like when the restaurant is not going to shut down? It's just going to keep moving forward. So, yeah. you know, from one system to flight, how do we transition that? So we actually have almost an identical process, whether the customer is brand new or whether it's transitioning from another provider. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is we are still going to go through the consultative approach from the beginning to determine what's important. So you, know, you think about a business that's been open for five years, 10 years, 50 years, whatever it is, uh, they've gotten into a routine and they've gotten into a routine based on assumptions from five years ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so what we really try to do during our sales process, during our implementation process, is determine what's going on and look at every workflow and process that exists to kind of rework that for today and, and make it as best as it can be for the customer as they exist today. And so, you know, there are some additional, um, some additional questions that we have to ask for a transitioning uh, customer, you know, there is a lot of data that we want to make sure that we can import over or transition well and, and certainly stored value and gift or customer loyalty data and things like that are very important. And so, yeah, you know, we have, we have workflow to, to slide those things over. And, um, you know, while I don't have any hard data or evidence to back up my assertions, I can tell you that uh, we do things very well there, um, and I think it's really important to, to get those testimonials from any provider that you're going to transition to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are a lot of nuances, especially with stored value. And if you're if you're an older business that's coming over from like a value tech, or if uh, you were if if you made a bad decision a long time ago to give any sort of stored value or customer loyalty business to a credit card provider. Um, those pieces of data are very difficult to get out. Uh, we find that a lot of large uh, providers like that, they'll charge an arm and a leg to let go of the gift card data or to let go of the loyalty data or that they'll encrypt the gift cards so that uh, it's actually so that it's actually impossible to import that data. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we certainly know what that matrix looks like. And we've, we've dealt with all of these providers a number of times to know what that process looks like. And so uh, any, anyone who is well-versed in that and anyone who is a, a good consultant, so to speak, should be able to come in and tell you how easy or difficult it is to do that. But I would be very weary if uh, a salesperson comes in and says, oh, yeah, we can absolutely import your gift cards. We can totally take out your loyalty stuff. Um, I would be asking, okay, tell me how. 
Right. Get a sales get a sales engineer out here to tell me what that looks like, um, because I I know of many many places that have said that but couldn't necessarily back up the talk with the walk. That could be a nightmare in and of itself if you can't move that stuff forward. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, I can see lots of unhappy customers here. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention all the other pitfalls. So we talked about a lot of different features that, you know, the one-stop shop idea. Is it an a la carte menu? Do you bundle these services together? How do you charge the client? So we have individual products, um, and of those products, each one is kind of a la carte. Um, when we come into a business, we have our line card with us. We'll do a walkthrough and, and what we call a technology audit. And so we're actually going to come out, talk to you, look through things, see how things are going, and then actually make a recommendation on what you might want to look at or what you might want to be doing. Um, and so, again, anyone who is more than a point-of-sale company should be out doing something like this. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I would advocate that the partner that you choose has the ability to come out and give you a hand here. And isn't just that you're not choosing a point-of-sale provider, that you're choosing a technology provider, because otherwise you're going to have to source 20 different providers, manage those relationships individually, and when things go wrong, when yes. things go wrong, I love to do. tell people that yeah. everything is perfect, but no. you know, the fact is things will go wrong, and when they do... If you have to juggle three or four different relationships and try to get those relationships to be friends with one another, that becomes far more difficult than having one partner that knows your business, knows how you operate, and has an actual relationship uh, with you and the back-end providers to get things done in a timely manner. That's what's most important to me. Excellent advice again. So we talked about Flight being a partner. I, I totally get all that. You're looking for a partner when you're looking for a system solution. Is there anything we missed that I, you know, that we didn't talk about today that the audience would still either need or like to know? You know, I, I, again, I think it just comes back to choosing that partner. You know, we, we have a very uh, deep line card. And so, you know, if you're looking at a partner and, and looking at the things that you have in your business, Take a look at someone that is capable of offering you the outside WAN infrastructure that you have, the phone system, the phone service, the internet service, and the television service. Uh, make sure that you have someone that's capable of managing your inside, internal network. So make sure that you have someone that's capable of putting in a firewall, that it's managed in the cloud, and that you have some automation behind that. Because a lot of times we'll see that companies come in and put a firewall in and they leave it and nothing happens, and then it's immediately not PCI compliant. Make sure that you have someone that's managing that internal infrastructure, not just the, the security at the front end, but is managing the internal network and segmenting your, your network, making sure that the wireless networks that you have are not vulnerable to data moving across. So make sure that your public Wi-Fi is separated out from your POS network. Make sure that your security cameras, that your digital signage, televisions, or anything else that would be connected wirelessly or on your network is safe, secure, and segmented. Make sure that you have a system for your guest uh, wireless so that you're actually using that for marketing purposes. We, Our Flight Wi-Fi product integrates with the Facebook marketing tools, and so you have to log in on Facebook to be able to get the free Wi-Fi. It's a great tool. It's a great way to get you know, some secondary marketing uh, avenues there. 
And then uh, from an actual point of sale piece, make sure that you're using a product and dealing with a company that has the ability to take you all the way to where you want to be, not just a point of sale system and then you have to go you know, source your own online ordering tool or other things. Find someone that's already done that legwork, that has the capability to put a point of sale system in, is capable of managing your card uh, acceptance interfaces, is capable of doing your marketing, your stored value, your customer loyalty, and then is able to take that data and actually show you how to make sense of it. Fantastic. That's awesome. We talked about data breach and security and all sorts of other things that are absolutely essential to look at when you're evaluating any system provider. Well, yep. thanks so much, Chris, for joining me today. That was an awesome conversation. I think we got a lot out of it and, you know, a new way of looking at technology and all the different things that Flight offers. How can uh, the audience find Flight or are there any social media handles that, uh, that you want to mention right now? I'll also put these into the show notes so that the audience can find them. Yeah, absolutely. You can find us on the web at whatisflight.com and uh, we're trendy just like everybody else these days, so flight spelled with a Y, not an I. And uh, we're on all the fa all your favorite social medias. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, all that good stuff. And awesome. uh, we, we like sharing uh, cool pictures of food and all kinds of fun stuff. So come follow us, come say hi, and uh, you know we we'd love to talk to you. Well, fantastic, Chris. Thanks again for joining me. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Engaging topics help restaurants rock their technology with whatisflight.com. Thanks again, Chris, and we'll see you next time. Thank you all. See you. Guys, it's no secret that I love to share everything I come across that helps you run a stronger, more profitable restaurant operation. And I've learned a thing or two in over two decades in this most challenging business. So I just know you're going to benefit from two free webinars I'm giving. First, everyone's challenged with labor right now. Face it, great people are hard to find and even harder to keep. Your staff make or break your restaurant and sales are the lifeblood of your business. So this webinar is the key to both. It's called How to Build Your Dream Team, Double Sales and Get Rave Reviews. In it, I'm going to share three secrets. One, how the common approach to restaurant hiring is the wrong approach. Don't make this mistake, folks. Watch to find out the right way. Two, how to build your dream team staff, cut turnover, and empower your team to think like owners. Again, your staff and how you train them make all the difference. And three, how to double sales through training, recognition, and rewards. Who doesn't want to double sales? So check it out at restaurantrockstars.com forward slash dream team. Next, whether you're a seasoned operator looking for new business, how to ramp up service and find increased profits, or you're a brand new restaurant owner or manager that's feeling overwhelmed and needing critical systems, you got to check out how to start and run a wildly successful restaurant, okay? I'll be sharing three secrets that, believe me, will make absolutely all the difference for great success in this business. I'll be teaching you how to know and review your critical restaurant numbers in just 10 minutes a week. Even if you hate the numbers, I make it super simple. Two, how to build the dream team. How to double sales through empowerment recognition and rewards. I'm giving you a roadmap to the foundation of every successful restaurant business. And three, how to drive new and repeat business while building strong customer loyalty to your restaurant. 
It's all about satisfied, loyal customers, getting them to come back, tell their friends, and of course, leave you great reviews. So to register for this free webinar, head on over to restaurantrockstars.com forward slash wildly successful, okay? I'm also offering a free video training, three things you need to do right now to make your restaurant more money. If you'd like us to send you this free video training, head over to restaurantrockstars.com forward slash the podcast. And while you're there, why not get a copy of my book, Rock Your Restaurant? It's a game-changing financial roadmap for restaurants, okay? So you can find that at the website, restaurantrockstars.com, and I really appreciate your listening. So if you're getting a lot out of the podcast, if you really enjoy it, we'd certainly appreciate you leaving us a review on iTunes, and that way other operators, other owners and managers can find us. So I'm wishing you the absolute best of success, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. And while you're there, download a copy of the book, Rock Your Restaurant. It's a game changer. See you next time.